Hi, this is Matty, and welcome to the ninth and the last episode of my Complex Stranger podcast. In this podcast, I attempted to achieve two main goals. First, as a personal ambition, I wanted to enhance my own ability in talking to strangers. The result surprised me. After every discussion that I had with one of the people that you already listened to during the last episodes, I was filled with emotions. It was as though going through thousands of songs, watching hundreds of movies, and wandering around in art galleries with millions of remarkable and impressive paintings. Every discussion was filled with happiness, gratefulness, sadness, love, anger, sympathy, and enlightenment. Listening to people with the goal of just listening without any intention of responding takes you to their world, to the world that it takes ages for people to let their guards down and allow others in. I would strongly recommend using this ability and listening to people just for the sake of listening. Having the opportunity to practice getting involved in people's life experiences makes me filled with gratitude. I learned and became aware of the fact that it only takes small patience and love for our like-minded souls to earn their trust, especially with all the disconnected connections brought us by social media. I learned in the most lovable way that listening to others is more beneficial to me than the people I'm listening to. Every listening session lifted me up and made me be trusted by one more person. I didn't think I deserved something because I'm listening to them. I believed that I'm accepted. I believed and I was so proud that I was trusted. The second end of mine was using a media, in this case photography, to let my friends know that we can reconnect again. We already have the ability to embrace each other. A friend of mine always said that we cannot change the world and the only thing we can do is to have an impact on the people in our circle. If the message was worthy of going beyond, it would find its way. In this episode, you will listen to Cheryl. Please find her portrait attached to the description of this episode. Well, my name is Cheryl White, like you just laughed about very much. <laughs> um, and I was born in Xiamen, China. Well, now, which, now most cities in China are quite huge compared to other cities. So yes, it's big. Um, back then it wasn't that big. As far as I know, but I only lived until I was around one or two, so I don't oh, really okay. remember what it looked like, but I lived most of my growing up years in the north of China, so Harbin, Tianjin, Beijing. Well, for me, it was the norm, um, Yeah. but it is a unique experience in many ways. It's, you're, even in, in middle school, um, I went to a specially strict school. You weren't allowed to have your hair down as a girl unless it was shorter than your ears. Um, they would regularly check your fingernails. Everyone wore the same uniform. 
it was an ugly blue tracksuit. Um, and then you had colored bands on your shoulders for what grade you were in. And then foreigners, foreign students, had a red band on their shoulder. Like, not even just a grade, but foreign students. Anyways, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it was competitive, it was strict, and I thrived. I said, well, if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to be the best. So mm-hmm. I was the leader in, the, in all, almost all sports competitions that there were to be had. I was in the dance school. Um, I was in the speech. Like I went to different international competitions. Well, Beijing competitions for international students. We got first place there. Um, yeah, so I was probably the teacher's pet and always <laughs> trying to be the best. Um, and that competitiveness still stays with me today. And of course, it's extremely strict. Uh, Chinese students today, they you, you get to school around 7.15. You leave there at around 5. Um, and then most students will go to other extracurricular classes, maybe even two, three hours of that. And then you come home and do homework. And that's like, that. I have, I, I tutor 10-year-old kids whose weekends, not just weekdays, but weekends are packed full with tennis classes and then three hours of intensive English and then math. And then they come to, for, for me, to get tutored more English and then something else. And these are 10-year-old kids we're talking about. So that's, that's the whole school system. And so, yeah, I was used to that. I lived in China until I was 16. Well, um, there are people who, who thrive with structure. Mm-hmm. And if you thrive with structure, then you go and you follow it every day. And yeah, um, I thrived with that structure. Oh, okay. And also, I think being always used to being busy and being pushed to to do so many stuff that that still does reflect in how I am as a person today. I never sit still. I always try to go do something. I always like in the evening at the end of the workday, then I go for a jog and then I go to dancing or whatever it might be. So, yeah. Um, I also think that living in China, you you have a very strong respect for authority. And I think that stayed with me today. Like some people be like, oh yeah, let's just climb over this fence. And I'm like, but no, there's a guard there. <laughs> and like, ah, oh, come on, he's not gonna do shit. And I'm like, but there's a guard there. So yeah, sometimes I'm still like, we gotta follow the rules, which I think Germans approve of, but yeah. It was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. So and also the teacher, like the word of teacher is second only to God. So <laughs> respect for authorities has been ingrained. <laughs> mm, I've always been into sports and and dancing, yeah. I mean, they, they started in China, uh, but I started running, my mom jokes, since I was nine months old when I learned how to walk and then I just started running. Yeah, I've always been hyperactive, always climbing, always doing stuff. I played football, volleyball, basketball, tennis, was on the dance team and track and field team. Um, and then would go play football afterwards on the weekends. Um, yeah, I've did gymnastics. I've done a lot of sports. Did, did, I always like to stay active. I could be with a sick, sick and with a fever and a cold, and I'd still be wanting to go to school because I didn't want to miss out on something. Yeah, I was not the kind of kid who was like, "Oh, I'm sick. I can't go to school." <laughs> no, I was like, "I might be having a 39 degree fever, <laughs> but I'm gonna go to school because there's an important class today." Right. Never, you miss out. Interesting. The one time I had to stay home from a long, like, 
more than one or two days was like a week where I was out after I got all four room wisdom teeth removed uh, at the same time and then I walked around like a hamster for about a week yes yes okay. I nearly went crazy worst time of my life yeah I've recently I think in the past year been trying to learn with being okay with being alone mm -hmm. just taking time for myself and not trying to always go out and do something and meet people because if you can't be okay with yourself then maybe that's an issue I guess people do mindfulness training or people meditate or whatever mm -hmm. I can't meditate for the life of me but even just the taking time to get your personal life in order whether it's cleaning your apartment whether it's mm -hmm. taking care of those different I don't know it's it's hard to explain but I've been trying to learn to be okay with mm -hmm. being alone yes and yes. just being quiet not being all over the place which is my usual state of face I think in one word in one phrase to describe me would be all over the place yeah um, <laughs> that would definitely fit yes. the photo <laughs> I'm all over, all the, over place. the place welcome Berlin <laughs> anyways now like the only time I read is if I'm in a moving train or bus Otherwise, I, I can't just sit down and read. Well, yeah, it was the constant feeling of I need to go out or I need to do something mm -hmm. or I need to meet friends. You know, FOMO, fear of missing out. If I were to, even though I needed to stay at home and get things done. And as a result, I would miss certain important deadlines or I just wouldn't remember them. And that mm -hmm. happened many times, even to the point where... Um, uh, trying to get documents from the university in order to be able to apply to a certain scholarship mm -hmm. um, they were like yeah we know it. we know Cheryl we, we know that she would probably need something immediately because she's missing a deadline yeah that sounds like Cheryl this was coming from the one of the heads like one of the uh, administrative assistants in Illustras in Freie Universität she'd met me like twice Maybe three times maximum, but I think each time it was because of some deadline that was now on fire, and I was running around like a headless, a headless chicken trying to fix the problem, which got fixed in the end because I ran around and, and got shit done. But not being able to just sit down on the weekend or in the evenings and be okay with being alone and that you don't have to go out and party or, or go out and go dancing or go out and do whatever it might be, and actually focus on the stuff that is the boring not urgent but important you know that mm. the diagram there's like the yeah. urgent things mm -hmm. yes there is urgent important not important so there's urgent okay. not urgent important not important so there are things that might be urgent but not important mm -hmm. it's like i gotta call this person back or i gotta respond to this message that's urgent because like in your face saying pick me pick me yes. it's not important yes. where there's there are urgent and important things like your university document yes <laughs> and then you got to get that done or there are things that are not urgent but they're very important the long-term things like like studying or actually deciding where you want to go in life or the things like making sure to to invest and save for the future or things like um taking time to follow up and network or whatever it might be they're not urgent so you don't think about them but they're important and if you forget those things because you're running around all over the place then shit piles up to 
put it elegantly. Yeah, and that's that's what I've been trying to learn and to deal with better. So focus is still something I'm trying to learn. I'm good at being all over the place. That bringing I high, know. Bringing high energy and going and doing something, you know, turning over a mountain and, you know, <laughs> motivating people to climb on top of it, whatever it might be. But I'm good at that. I'm not good at things like sitting at home and researching, or I'm not good at things like, you know, being consistent every day doing something. And I that see. requires focus, that requires discipline. I'm trying, it's not really succeeding. I'm still all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's not urgent. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, once COVID happened and everything went online, I was like, okay, well, that means I, I, I'm going to have so much time and not know what to do with myself. So I signed up for nine courses in one semester. I think I first signed up for 11, but then two of them were happening simultaneously. So I had to take two away. So I signed up for nine semesters. And this is like nine times six, 54 credits. Like the normal semester is 30 credits, EST. Yeah. Or ECTS credits. I see. I, I, I took, instead of six, I took nine. Um, How did that go? Not very well, but I passed everything with flying colors in the end. Okay. So, yeah. I did that, and I would meet um, a friend who I met on the field here uh, at like 7 a.m. three or four times a week to, to go running and do a HIIT workout. And then I would also went hiking or doing stuff. So, y y yeah, some people just, you know, did didn't feel like they were missing out on stuff. I made sure I didn't miss out on stuff because I made more plans. So I was still very active this this la the last the COVID semester all over the place. I I'm running this. the half marathon in mm -hmm. two weeks. I'm running the full marathon in seven weeks from now. And next Saturday I have a track race in the fifteen hundred. It's happening. It's happening. Um I'm racing more middle distances, so like fifteen hundred, three K, five K, but the opportunity for the half marathon came and then the opportunity for the full marathon came and i was like why not yeah well i haven't been training for it you know some people do really really long runs or whatever it might be i don't more middle distance but yeah it's okay. a one-time thing it's and it's fine. it's an awesome like it's, it's like it's gonna, it's gonna be fun well i that's a difficult question because even when I went to university and even though I've started working, um, I still don't exactly know quasi what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> um, I was I graduated in international relations and that's still something that I would like to, maybe a direction I'd like to expand in, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure to what, to what extent, to what context. I'm very, very passionate about the environment, about yes. sustainability. And that's also a field I'm working in yes. right now. Um, but there are many ways to apply that because sustainability isn't just the environment. Mm -hmm. People, planet, profit, broken down very simply. So, of course, there's profit can also be part of sustainability, mm -hmm. which means sustainable business models, um, but which then also focus on the environmental side of things, mm -hmm. environmental regulations, as well as people, which is society, things like even like social insurance a, a, a country that has a strong social insurance system is going to have more peace and higher quality of yes, life of so and that approach can be taken for any project or any business mm -hmm. um 
So, yeah, I could also do sustainable investment law or like international investment law with a focus on sustainability and sustainable regulations or the human human right laws in investment treaties. That would also yes. be a way. I'm not so I don't know yet exactly what I how I want to focus on that, but I do know that I want to work in a field that focuses on making a better future for for the world because right now at least half the people on this planet don't have a high enough quality of life with the basic requirements to live a safe and healthy yes. life yes. that they feel that they can even focus on that so if they feel it's for the rich and then the rich don't want to have their richness taken away from them by or their convenience so they continue to use plastic and and invest in oil and coal companies yes. so that needs to change that, that we can't go on like this and so yeah that's something i'm very very passionate about so my short-term goals if we say short-term as one or two years would be to get into a master's program to decide what i want to study and how i want to focus on sustainability and then get into a high level master's program that will allow me to implement to to gain practical knowledge on how to implement that right. yeah look at Greta Thunberg look at Luisa Neubauer um the two semesters ago i was in dc doing an academic internship program and half the people there were most of the people there were same age same grade as me or younger even and most of them are going on to do freaking amazing things like interning um for some senator working as a working in the state department as a foreign service officer some of them are studying law in stanford like i i i, I was in a room of people and i felt extremely outqualified in so many ways what's happening is happening now and so the people who can define their purpose and go for that are the ones who really succeed so so i still hope to be a crazy all over the place badass motherfucker when i'm 80. <laughs> that's the plan that's the yes. long-term goal i mean in the end of course maybe it's a luxus problem like a, a, a problem uh, how to put it <sighs> English is in my head right now a very privileged problem or a, a privilege to be able to be doing and working on a well-paying job that you love and that you identify with completely some people they build buildings they clean toilets to clean to feed their family to have life and in case in that case I don't think they think that cleaning toilets is their life calling or that they're in, thrilled to do that every day so that is a privilege a very privileged problem or yes. or even thing to be able to do to really feel that your job is your also your life's passion or how you identify um but no i wouldn't be able to separate that because also what you do will determine where you go and so you it's not necessarily the chicken and the egg maybe i want to go to some place like i wanted to go to berlin so then i i moved here in in this end of december last year I, i moved here no job just finished my college degree no visa not even a place to live i was staying with my partner um but i knew i wanted to come back to berlin so in that case that determined what i did same thing maybe i want i say i want to go somewhere else and so then it would either depend on finding a job maybe it'll be because of a job where i would say i want to go volunteer for water management with the united nations in in africa could be um, or whatever it might be so 
can't necessarily de- to take take one thing and say that's my professional goals and that's yes. my personal goals. Yes. They they're definitely intertwined. In the first place, it was an exchange program. It was awesome. It was free, as opposed to my American tuition, and I didn't feel at home in the states. I didn't. I was there for one year. I'm American, but expat, living in China my whole life. So I came to the states the year that I lived there. It was, it was bad. Okay. And I didn't identify with the people or the culture. If it had been New York or DC, maybe, because there people actually care about what happens outside of the borders、mm. of the United States. If you're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, then you don't. Feel like people are very broad-minded or really care about what happens in other countries. There, there are plenty of people. Maybe I'm slightly biased just because of the negative experiences I had there. But、mm-hmm. in general, most of the people, on average, came from a 50-mile radius around Kalamazoo, Michigan.、Mm-hmm. Their idea of international was Mexico, or was just going out of the state. So, of course, that's a whole different mindset there. And I.、Yes. My best friends were were Indian engineers. Like my best friends were other international students who actually, you know, knew what WhatsApp was. Who actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did as soon as the opportunity came to try out this exchange program. I was like, yes, and I never regretted that choice. It was amazing, and so that's why I wanted to come back because of the people, because of the city, the freedom. The mindset, the culture, and the running also definitely、yes. the running scene, and yeah, also a special person who I'm still with. So, Great. Yeah. Or you don't United, talk United Nations Internet Governance Forum. Yeah, he gave me his business card.、I、We、see. still laugh about it today. United Nations Internet Governance Forum. It was in Berlin、oh, in Neukölln. In, in Berlin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was representing Wikimedia Deutschland there,、okay. political communication. So. We met there. He gave me his business card. I put him in the box right away. Of, okay, professional contact. So I'm never going to follow up with again. And、um, yeah, some <laughs> look. I followed up. I shot him an email, and yeah, things went from there. He did not have me in his box of professional business cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right? The question you asked was like. In in the Fragenbogen, the survey, the different questions to fill out, right,、mm-hmm. to apply for this, yeah, yeah. it was the questions like, do you feel people misinterpret you or that、yes. you are, and like, yeah, I think if you post a photo, I want it to be the one where I'm standing like this, because that's a strong pose, and. Maybe, maybe it might also just be something in my head, like that I'm small and cute and bouncy, so I act that way because I assume people will interpret me that way.、Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe it's as much mindset as how people perceive me. But I think I'm stronger than I look. I'm stronger than I look, and. Yeah. Well, okay. If you like look at my Instagram, you're like, oh, she's a runner. Then yeah, physically fit. But yeah. Interesting. In general. So, but basically, you're open for people to to come and know more about you when it and and see your strength and the struggles that you've been through in the life, right? 
and see how strong are you do you think that you allow people to to get close to you and talk about you make a closer connection with you i'm not sure i mean the general outgoing talkative side of me yeah sure i don't know the other side worries or or uncertainties not really mm-hmm. yeah like i don't see that you have such a guard that mm-hmm. actually prevents people from just approaching you you know I hope so, not yes so what do you think is the problem then that people don't see you as what you actually are because you don't have that guard you don't you actually uh, open for for making friends as you said you spend a lot of time going out and, and looking for friends so what's missing i don't know i don't know do you think the quality of relationships is not it's it's very shallow that people don't see that in you that could be that could be absolutely yeah i also have that problem all over the place of trying to be talking with everyone you know and then and then in the end you don't actually make any yes. deep conversations so then you like you're like oh i missed out or why i wasn't in, why wasn't i invited to that event and it's because maybe you're not considered a close friend because didn't take the time to listen. Mm. Could be. So I think this is a really good really cool project. Yes. Not that I I like to sit here and talk about myself and be recorded. I mean, I'm fine with it, but like <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Thanks. Um So you think that you are in the both side of this basically problem. First, you you don't think that people actually listen to you and and don't know the person that you are but you actually also think that um you also don't listen because you Absolutely. said I'm strong struggling with this problem as well. Of course, I think we all do. I think we all want to make a deeper connection. We all want to be heard. We all want people to ask how are you doing and actually mean it. But we don't ask those questions ourselves. Mm. It has to do with social media, it has to do with societal pressure, it has to do with even cultural backgrounds. David Brook over there says that social media made us very lazy. Mm-hmm. That the captions are short, yep. everything is short. We don't when when we see something is like one page long, we don't take our time to read that. Mm-hmm. It takes only five minutes. But when we take our phone, we're checking like random pictures. We might play with 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 social media and just go through random pictures for hours. Yeah. And we're ignoring that one page that actually might have a very important story and we even know that it's something special that we actually need to know but in the middle we just leave it because it's too long. And he actually says if we can't take five minutes to read a news and not only the caption just go through the details see actually what's happening on the other side of the mm-hmm. world people are in the war people are dying and there's a two paragraph about that and we don't take our time yeah to just read about it and at least know what's going on if we can't take five minutes how on earth we're gonna commit to lifetime vocations and actually following a goal 
that requires years and years of practice and following in everything. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Society is more connected than ever before and yet more disconnected than ever before. You can connect to people like this. You can call whoever you want, but actually it's through strangers to them, right? You can text you can text Barack Obama right away. <laughs> and he yeah. might even see your text. But you're still stranger to those people, right? Uh, people want that. It's not like we don't want it. Yeah. It was it was two days ago I was in this park and there were this group of old people singing. Mm-hmm. They're like very old. And it was two complete strangers. I was expressing myself loudly that oh my god I love these people and then two two complete strangers came actually said why don't you go and take pictures of them and blah blah and that actually started a nice conversation and we actually talked with them and it was a very fun discussion with them Mm -hmm. and it wasn't also like they were on the way they were I don't know rushing at least they had a like baby that holding it wasn't like easy but they took their time they they went out of their ways to stay there and talk to me there's this there's this one uh i think youtube short video i think it's called smile it's really good okay i'll see if i can find it anything else (laughs) you sleepy no there's music i think we should go dancing last episode of my complex stranger podcast now you can go back and check the portrait out again and see if you feel any closer to Cheryl